Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, June 21st, 2017. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 5, and we are at page 58, paragraph 2. Today's readers are, on the 12 steps, Naomi B., on the 12 traditions, Yvette A., and reading the text are Harlan G., Deborah R., and Duell. The reference numbers for Tuesday, June 20th, are for 7 a.m., 10,068, that's 10068, and for the 10 a.m., 10,070, that's 10070. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, fellow visionaries. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 steps. We admitted we are powerless over food that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi. I will now ask Yvette A. to read the 12 Traditions. Please press star 1 to unmute, Yvette. 
Good morning. This is Yvette A., compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, each OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks you for allowing me to do service today, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Yvette. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 58 in Chapter 5, How It Works, and we are on Paragraph 2, and Harlan G. will be reading two paragraphs, and we'll comment on both of them. Harlan? Good morning, Katie. Thank you very, very much for your service, and I also want to thank Team Wednesday for your efforts of making this meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., sweltering, recovered, compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Very glad to be here this morning. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. 
with all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. I take a look at these paragraphs that we read this morning that are in the big book, and the first thing that jumps out at me is the tremendous influence in the very first sentence of the first paragraph of William James, The Varieties of Religious Experience. And in this book, The Varieties of Religious Experience, which was given to Bill in the town's hospital by Ebby when, when Ebby first came to see him after Bill... Uh, put down the alcohol for the final time, and the varieties of religious experience by William James was given to him, and it was a book very popular in the Oxford group meetings at that time, and it showed how people found God, and they all had calamity, tremendous calamity, which drove them into the arms of their higher power. And then I take a look at something that I like to call step zero, something that has a tremendous influence on me. Because of my history in OA, I had a very, very wonderful sponsor, and he stood in front of the door of a meeting at the Lincoln Park Alano Club on a freezing cold Saturday afternoon in February of 1979. And he said to me, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm coming for the meeting. And he said, that's not good enough. And he says, what is it that you seem to want here? And this is what he taught me on that very special day. He says, if you have decided you want what we have, stop right there for just a minute, he said to me. What is it we seem to have? And I said that there are people inside not eating compulsively. And he said, there are people at Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken that are not eating compulsively. He said, that's not enough. And I couldn't get the answer, and he gave it to me. He enlightened me when he said, in a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, hopefully, we have people that are not eating compulsively, and if they have worked the steps, all of them, like their hair was on fire, and worked them in order, and worked them to the best of their ability, then they are not eating compulsively, and that they are doing so happily that they're not dieting with group support, that they're not swinging from the chandeliers, stark, raving, abstinent. And then it goes on to say, and are willing to go to any length to get it. He said, are you? And I said, yes. And he said, show me. Show me what you're willing to do and when you're willing to do. Because if this isn't the most important thing in your life, he said to me that freezing cold Saturday afternoon, he said, then you won't recover. And then it says, then you're ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. What does balk mean? It means to hesitate. We thought we can find an easier, softer way. For me, recovery is the easier, softer way. And somebody very wise said to me one day, if this is that difficult for you, you're doing it wrong. But we could not with all the earnestness. What's earnestness another name for? Honesty. And we've been talking about honesty. The first victim of compulsive overeating or addiction is the truth. And now we're being asked to be honest. Honest about what? Yes, everything is the real answer. But honest about the fact that I am a compulsive overeater, that I have an allergy of the body and a twist of the mind, brought about by the buildup of emotions, and I will never be able to beat the game on my own. And it says, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. It doesn't say perfect, 
It doesn't say perfect. A hammer to the head is not one of the tools of recovery. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. What is he telling me here? He wanted to close the loopholes that the alcoholics were jumping through, and what he's telling me here is I am either in recovery or I am in the illness, and there is no middle ground. I'm either pregnant or I'm not. I'm in recovery or I'm in the illness. There is no middle ground. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much for allowing me to share this morning. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. Okay, if you just jumped on, we're on page 58. We're commenting on the second and third paragraph on that page. Who would like to share? Tina S. Tina S. Shannon, I'm sorry, who was that? And Vasa O. Vasa O. Shannon F. Vasa O. Okay. Jan S. Kim G. Jan S. Kim G. Okay. Um, Barbara E. And Barbara E. Okay, we'll take those six and then we'll have a announcement. Okay. I have Tina S., Shannon S., Vasa O., Jan S., Kim G., and Barbara E. Go ahead, Tina. Thanks, Katie, for your service. Uh, Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great stuff. Thanks so much for the share. It was wonderful. Uh, so, so very grateful that, you know, I come here one day at a time and I'm instructed and directed on how to do this thing and get the results by taking some action and you know uh when i first got here and, and i say this basically for me you know i was all about you know our stories disclosed in a general way what it was like what happened and what it is like today well it doesn't say that it says we you know one of the things that i know is it can probably be the same but what happens is i change you know i change through the process of being transformed through the process of the 12 steps and and I also like that at some of these we balked. Well, you know, for sure I did, you know, because certainly didn't sound like the plan that I had, didn't even look like it. But, you know, with all the earnestness at our command, you know, I, I was beaten to a place of, of reasonableness and really ready to take some directions. We beg of you, you know, we're begging here to be fearless and thorough from the very start, you know. And I certainly tried to hold on to my ideas and it still didn't work. You know, the result was, was nil, nada. You know, and so I had to let go absolutely, and and I like that it tells me all this stuff. But I, you know, when I first got here, I'm just being honest. I wasn't reading this stuff in as a textbook. I thought this was a novel, and it wasn't very interesting at that. But you know, today that my life depends upon this, so that's what I do. I look for direction, you know, and I'm willing, you know, to do the deal because you know what I've got is beyond my wildest dreams, and so I want I want more, I want more, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, let's have Shannon S. followed by Vasa O. Shannon, please press star one to unmute. Hi there. Hi there. Thank you. And Frank, Um, can you hear me? Oh, sorry. Yes, I can. Awesome. the metaphorical pictures that come to mind is when I've tried to do just constant baby steps rather than completely letting go. Um, there might be results, but the inner addict in me gets so impatient 
that it would want to give up. So when it comes to the easier, softer way, I see the picture of, like, actually a light switch just flipping on when we completely let go and just put our heart and soul into it, the light goes on versus trying to lift a 100-pound dimmer switch with taking baby steps. Um, and holding, holding on to our old ideas blocks the flow um, but when we open our hands and drop the rock, it just allows the flow of God to go through us that much more efficiently. Um, if I only open the window, a small crack to God coming in, it's really hard for God to really come in and change the beliefs that are limiting and the fears that are making me want to go to food. But if I just let let things go and let the window open completely, it's a lot less time and energy than I actually think, and my sponsee pointed this out to me. And we both saw, like, you know, when we um, put more time and energy into thinking and fearing about letting go completely, it's more time and energy. But if we just do it, it's it's like it, it it's a lot easier and just completely let go. So I like to kind of take on the the Nike symbol as to remind myself to, like, just do it. Like, just just let go, just do it. Um, because if I try and think myself into letting go completely and um, being completely fearless and doing things 100%, I kinda, it, it can be kind of limiting if I overthink it versus just do it and let it spontaneously happen a little bit easier with God's help. Um, so trying to find the easier, softer way... I'm a person that likes results. So when when I have to look at this, I have to take a look at, well, I I really want God in my life. I want things to flow better. Um, I'm going to have to take a look at maybe taking a little bit more of the firm approach and um, being open and just willing to see what that would lead towards my personal evolution. Um, so that's what comes to mind this morning. Thank you. And I'm glad to be here with you guys. And I'm grateful for your support. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Shannon F. Okay, Bob to O, you're up, followed by Jan F. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I remember when I went to the first meeting, and I listened very, very carefully how it works, how the program works. And, and we read, I mean, I've, and every time I go to a meeting, of course, we, you know, we read, read how it works. And I was just so excited to hear the good news, how the program worked uh, after me trying to put the food down by myself for so long, so many years. It was exhausting. And I was, yes, I admitted I was powerless over the food. And, you know, and I did my step first. Right, I did step one, two, and three, you know. And there was really nothing more that I wanted to, to, to do to, to, than to stop eating compulsively. And I was really, I was ready and willing to do whatever it took because I didn't want to die. And it says here, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. 
And uh, I, you know, again, I had hit bottom. I took it very, very seriously. And I remember, and it says further down here, but we could not. With all the earnestness that I command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And that's where the honesty came from me. And I remember saying, oh, my goodness, these people are begging me to stay here because this worked. And it was with love, with love, you know. I found some. I found a lot of love and compassion, and people came and hugged me, and they said, "Works, keep coming, and just be patient." And I, you know, again, this was the only thing that has worked for me over the years, and that's because I stick with it, and I do. I go to any length. I come up, show up at the meetings, and I do what this book book suggests for me to do. And for me, it was the just to surrender, to surrender to a higher power greater than myself and the program and the steps. And this is my life. It's like having a part-time job, and I'm worth it. And the life that I've received over the years by working through the 12 steps, it's just amazing, you know. So um, if you're a newcomer, I remember they told me, come to six meetings, Father, before you decide it's not for you, for you and we will return your misery. And I was really offended when they said that, but that's the truth. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, Janice, you're up, followed by Kim G. Good morning. This is Janice. Can I be heard? Yes. Hey. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Avision family. This is Janice from St. Augustine, Florida. Um, when I first came to OA in 1978 and, and balked and left after a month and 29 days, actually, and then I came back again in 1982, um, I was desperate as the dying could be. Uh, we didn't have a lot of books back then, and it was pretty much mostly the big book, and I would cross out the food, uh, the alcohol and write food. But you know what, there was, there was a hook back then that, that my sick mind really caught on to when they would say, take what you like and leave the rest. So that was my hook, you know, for a lot of years in the program, not totally surrendering. I didn't come into this program, you know, with honesty and, you know, earnestness. I came in here trying to find a quick fix for this this weight problem, this food problem. I wasn't looking for a God of my understanding at all. And I know that was the solution, and it still is today, but that's not what I was looking for. And so um, I wasn't fearless, I wasn't thorough, and I wasn't honest, you know, in the beginning. I had a ton of, I slipped and slid for years, even maintaining my body weight. I just couldn't surrender with everything I had, you know, I, I just didn't want to buy into the whole deal, you know, and so I, I did that suffering, slipping back and forth in the rooms for 30 of my 35 years, you know, and it's not since the last five years that I have fully conceded to my innermost self that I am and always will be a compulsive overeater and only a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity because I am beyond human aid. I am beyond any human aid 
my own or anybody else's. So today I'm honest with that. Today I don't pick up my poison. Today I don't I don't do things to that regard. Today I rely on a higher power because self-reliance fails me every time. Every time. And those were honest things that I had to be able to tell myself and be willing to work steps, be willing to be powerless over everything in my life, the food, myself, my thinking, people around me, everything. And what a difference my life has made. Through this recovery and through God, I don't crave the food. I don't want to eat. I'm happily abstaining every day. And food is not a solution in my life today. Overeating is not my solution. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for everyone on the line. Everybody have a blessed day, and I pass. Thank you, Jan S. Kim G., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. I mean, I have to be all in in this recovery program. I have to be all in on these these clear-cut directions. You know, but for many years, I was just thinking, you know what, if I put in a 30% effort and I get a 30% return, I'm good with that. You know, I'm even good if I put in a 70% interest um, and then I get a 30% return. But that's not how program works. These, these steps need to be worked 100%, 100% of the time. And yet, in other areas of my life, I accept that. I mean, let's think of vending machines. I go to my favorite vending machine. It tells me that my favorite um, a candy bar is a dollar. Do I think to myself, I'm going to put 30 cents in there and I'll get 30% of an, a, a candy bar? Do I think if I put 50% in, maybe I'll get 50% of my candy bar? Do I even think maybe I'll get 99% in there and I'm going to get any part of my candy bar? No, I fully concede that. And if I want that candy bar, I'm going to be digging through the cushions in my house to get that dollar because that's what I want. That's the tenacity and the acceptance I have to have with this program of recovery. And all I had to do personally was check my own experience. Because when I was using Overeaters Anonymous like a twister game and saying right hand red, left hand blue, let me see what I feel like doing tonight, my results were nil, absolutely nil. And someone earlier alluded to it. What I have found as a recovered woman is that recovery is the easier, softer way. So for those of you who are like me in my first couple decades who are, who, are set, who are settling for temporary respites, or maybe you are deep in a relapse like I was for five years before I came recovered, Take some time. Think what your disease is demanding of you today. Think of what your disease is, how it's dragging you around by the nose. Is that really the easier, softer way? You know, I think to myself in Bill's story where it said, food is my master. And I had to fully concede that food was my master, whether I was in the food or I was abstinent. Because if I was in the food, my way to work was going by and hitting all those fast food restaurants. If I was abstinent, it was avoiding all those, those places. Social occasions were went to or avoided according to whether I was abstinent or not. So food was making every decision of my life, whether I was in the food or I was trying to be a good girl and abstain. So I needed to find a new solution. I really saw that my real problem was abstinence. And until I let go of my old ideas, both before I came into Overeaters Anonymous and I can't and in over is anonymous. My results were nil. So the question today, are you willing to put in 100% effort or are you willing to settle for nil? And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kim. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, and then we'll have an announcement. Okay, thank you so much. This is Barbara E. from New Jersey. This step for me is about having insight about myself and having hope that my life can improve. But I hear the catch. Only change makes change. My good intentions did not do the job. I had, decide, I had to decide that I'd be different and follow through with action, action, action. And I had to be fearless and thorough. My daily resolution teaches me to push ahead in a time of crisis rather than fall back on my own negative behaviors. My wonderful sponsor says, this is not a race. I have to rely upon my higher power's wisdom and my faith will grow over time. She says, sometimes change comes quickly and sometimes slowly. Faith grows over time. There's no easier, cliff notes, softer way. I have to read, listen, study, review in order to learn. And then I have to do the process all over again. It's such a wonderful journey, and I love that I'm taking it with all of you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, Larry, if you're there, please give us the announcement. Uh, what to do in this fall? What to do this fall? Let's see. Come visit the paradise of New Jersey? Huh. Let's see. Things to do in New Jersey. Let's see. The Cape May County Park and Zoo. No, I just went to the Lincoln Park Zoo. We got Princeton University. Okay, well, I teach at Northern Illinois University. It's not Princeton, but that could be interesting. Let's see. The Silver Ball Pinball Museum in Asbury Park. I'm going to pass on that. What's this? The Power of the Big Book, a weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. Now, wait a minute here. September 15th through 17th, 2017. Let's see here. Liberty International Airport. Oh, a Marriott. Pretty swanky here. Not too bad. Uh, let's see here. Well, I won't have to rent a car. It's right by the airport. Okay. I think I can, I think I can go with that. Okay, so come join me, you guys. Um, you can find the details of this, uh, this wonderful convention at www.avisionforyou.info. And, um, you know, I, I tell you, I went to the one in 2015, and it was, it was pretty extraordinary. You know, you, one, you had probably close to 600 approximately people who – um, you know, uh, I mean, it was a very, you know, we're, we're, we're all about attraction rather than promotion. And, and I think that's, that fed the popularity of this thing because you had all these people who were on this path of learning, you know, this practical program of action and studying it like we do every day. But there was something about coming together and, and learning together and, and hearing the voices on this line and meeting new people that was pretty extraordinary. So I'm going to be there. Again, September 15th through 17th, 2017, Liberty International Airport, Marriott Hotel and Convention Center. And uh, sign up soon. Don't get shut out of this deal. All right, Katie, back to you. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, who else would like to share? We're on page 58. Charles, Charles H. Second H. And, third. Al. Charles and Janet. L. And Janet. 
And Okay, here's who I have. I have Charles H, Du L, Janice M, Matt M, Leah M, and um, Carol G, and Melissa C. Let's just go with those seven for the moment. And then we will pick it up if we have time. Okay, go, Charles. Thank you very much for your service. Charles H. a recovered compulsive over here. Um, at some of these we balked. I want to keep it official with you. I balked. I balked. Man, I balked at the beginning of the process. I balked. I balked at step, quote, unquote, um, a half. Man, I ain't want to put no. I ain't what? Put the food down? What? Are you kidding me? You don't know I'm black. You don't know I live in the hood. You don't know I, I eat fried chicken. I eat that. That's what I do. I balked at that. So I came in here horse playing. I balked from the beginning. I ain't even make a move, right? Um, much less. But we're on step two right now, right? Much less. Oh, Charles can't do it himself. You know I balked at that. But until I got stomped out by this addiction. That's when, you know what, forget willingness, desperation. Every day I pick up because I don't tell you about a resentment. I don't tell you about a fear. I ain't tell you about the dude that came to the the, the meeting with a, a, a pizza pie yesterday and ate it, and I smelled it. I was like, man, I wanted to pop on him, but I was like, you know what? I resent you for bring. I said it face-to-face to him because I can't bunk no more, man. I can't be horse playing. I can't be lying. I, lying was not easy, man, right? So I told dude, and after after the meeting, I hugged him, and I, and I said, I understand. You know, I remember bringing crack to an NA meeting and knowing I was going get, to get, get, get high after the meeting. I hugged him. That's some new behavior for me, man. If somebody violate me like, like that, like, I would be resentful and not utilize this program of action. But I actually hugged him and, you know, and said, I understand, bro. I love you, man. I ain't going to hold you. That pizza was smelling mad good. I was like, I can't believe, like, this dude did that. But he's a real compulsive overeater like I am. And I can't balk no more. I had to be fearless and thorough from the very start, right? I wasn't. Virginia Beach? Oh, I ordered takeout. I don't care who judges me because my life is saved today. My life is saved for being honest from the very start. Who cares, right? Today, today is what counts, right? I can't walk today. I can't horseplay. I can't people please. I'm done with it. I had to let go of all ideas because the results was nil until I let go absolutely. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles. Okay, now we have Do L followed by Janice M. Did you call me, Katie? Yes, Do. Thank you. Hi, this is Do Recover Compulsive Over from New York. Um, I I also want to touch on that. Um, you know, it says first of all, our stories disclose in the general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. And I like that because you know, who are the, our stories? The recover people. And it's not saying that I go and tell my story in a in a specific way. It says in a general way. What happened? What happened is I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I binge to till till I drop. You know, 
or until I gain two, three hundred, four hundred pounds, and then I can't breathe. I can't. I can't have a healthy life. Um, you know what happened? I went through the, the the steps and and got recovered. And what it's like now? I have a spiritual awakening. I I have a way of freedom from the mental obsession with the food, and and I'm back to a, a healthy body weight. Um, and then and then it says here. You know, we try to hold on to our old ideas and, and we beg of you to, to lay aside those old ideas, you know, because if we don't uh, and let go absolutely, we're going to continue to be on that path. So where are we at now? We're in how it works. And this is a pre uh, a synapsis of making the decision, right? This is about step three and moving towards um, that decision of, Either we're going towards recovery or we're going towards the disease. You know, what's our choice to be? And they're saying, you know, part of it is laying aside prejudice, laying aside all those ideas. We get into program and we're like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And then as soon as you get to step one and you need to put down your binge foods, people are dropping left and right. They don't want to deal with the sponsor. They think the, the sponsor is horrible and everything is horrible and and nobody wants to do the work, you know. So this is telling us, well, you know, if that's worked for you, look at how it's worked for you. Has it worked for you? Um, your ideas, you know, it got you to program. It got you to OA. It got you to the weight that you're at. It got you to the health problems. It got you to the unmanageability. Are those ideas working? If they're not working, we're asking you, begging you to lay aside those ideas. Try this way. Try these steps. And try to see what that looks like for you, you know. And and when you absolutely do that, then the, you commence to get results, you know. And that's what this this paragraph is telling us. Do you want spiritual help? Do you want to gear towards that? So we're going to show you exactly, precisely what that looks like because we're going to um, we've outlined it already. We have results. We have shown you that other people have recovered and have gotten these benefits. So, you know, this is uh, just really, just, just to end, you know, this is really reiterating to me is, is um, I need honesty. I need to be able to, um, to make this decision and I need to move towards it because if I look at my first step history, I should know where I'm at. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Do. Okay, Janice M., you're up, followed by Matt M., well, thank you, KDF, and good morning to you and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. If you, that means they're talking to me, have I decided at this time after going through steps one and two, can I make a decision now? Can am I conclude? Do I have a conclusion in my mind that yep, I'm powerless? That you know that I do need a power. Now what do I do? I heard their stories. I heard what happened to them. I heard in the rooms, you know, um, what happened and, and and what they are like now, which meant they got results. Okay, I want what they have. What do they have? They had a spiritual awakening as the result of all the steps and what does that mean well they have freedom that's what i want i want to be free freedom from the obsession from the bondage of compulsive overeating including 
which is the manifestation, is the selfishness that I have, the fear that I have. And that's the result. That's the promise. They give us promises in these two paragraphs, and they give us warnings. So what did I come here for anyway? To OA. Well, I wanted a result. That's what I wanted. I wanted a result. Little did I know that this was the way to get the results if I followed the directions of what? The directions, not, not necessarily of a food plan. That's the beginning. That's truth. But to follow the directions that were given in the 12 steps. That's the directions. You know, that's not optional. It's not a suggestion. The 12 steps are real. You know, if you don't want it, then you don't want it. But um, then it says, at some of these, we balked. So we're learning from them. Of course, I balked. Oh, but did I resist? Did I rebel? Did I want to prove everybody wrong that I was different, that I could eat and not be abstinent and still go through the steps? And did I, and did I uh, just hold on to something that, oh, I couldn't live without, like a behavior uh, or an action? And, of course, that didn't work. I didn't get the results. I've done this four or five times before I got recovered. So, yeah, and it is the easiest, softer way because, see, when I keep bulking, my disease is still working. I'm still, my disease is still progressing. So it doesn't take years and years to get into the steps. You know, they're talking about, you know, 20 years ago when they, you know, 20 years, they had a 75% success rate (laughs) i mean imagine they did it for 20 years at a 75 percent success rate so that if we do this they're giving us warnings and promises if we let go of how i think (laughs) how i inject my own will it's not going to work and with that i pass thanks thank you janice okay um let's see Matt M., you're up, followed by Leah M. Here I am. Good morning, KDS. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater from New Jersey. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any lane to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. That's step zero. That's admitting that, you know, okay, I might need this program, and then you go to step one. You may have a problem. You may have a problem, and it allows to become manageable. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yes, yes, yes to all three concepts. I balked all the time. I didn't like hearing that some of the work I would have to do. It's, it's hard work. It might be a simple program of action, but it's not easy. It's definitely a program of action, not one of thinking or not one not one of wanting. It's definitely one of action. That's why I have to do the work. And uh, I try to do this every day to, to work on steps 10 and 11, and uh, working on I'll be working on 12 with my sponsor. And uh, right now it's not easy because I'm, I'm getting food cravings and everything else under the sun that's, get trying, that's trying to get in my way to stop me from moving forward. And I'll be damned if I'm going to go back to that 650-pound body that I used that I wasn't before. I don't want to die a slow, painful death. I want to be someone who's going to make it and then go, then go out and help other people. That's my, that's my goal. And it's not just about me. It's about me and what I can do for others as well. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Matt. Okay, Leah M., you're up, followed by Carol G. Thank you very much, Katie. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. You know, 
I don't know about your experience. I can tell you about mine. I mean, this disease just wrapped its talons around my neck and, you know, increased the pressure uh, to such a degree that, um, you know, the pain became uh, just unbearable to me. You know, this wasn't a, a intellectual decision. You know, this disease was just tearing my life apart. My life was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards. Um, so, you know, it was, you know, my, my, my way of handling my disease was not working, um, but I saw people, I heard people in whom the problem had been solved. You know, and it wasn't even an Overeaters Anonymous. You know, there was something going on in my local AA meetings that they had been relieved of the obsession of the mind, and they were living sober and happily. And, you know, the disease continued to increase the pressure, and I just gave up. You know, I just threw in the towel. I didn't even understand exactly what they had. You know, it says, if you have decided you want what we have. I mean, obviously, I saw that they were free. But, you know, the bottom line is, I didn't want what I had. <laughs> that was the bottom line. I didn't fully understand what they had, but I didn't want what I had. I couldn't live like this anymore. I love the language out of the AA 12 and 12 also. It says, under the lash of alcoholism, we are driven to AA, and there we discover the fatal nature of our situation. And that's exactly what we've learned through the text, you know, through Bill's story. Uh, you know, we have learned the exact nature, allergies the body, obsession of the mind, then and only then do we become as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as the dying can be. We stand ready to do anything which will lift a merciless obsession from us. And that's at the point where I was at. You know, it wasn't an intellectual decision. It was, I just couldn't take the pain. It was either, you know, dying was less fearful to me than um, living, continuing to live in the emotional torture and mental turmoil that I was living in. And so I just threw in the towel. I, you know, there was someone in whom the problem had been solved, and I just followed directions. I just followed directions, and I was relieved of the pain. And my life started to be put back together as a result of these very specific steps that I was willing to take, you know, and, and, you know, freedom was there for me. There was no argument for me. There was no confusion. There was no difficulty at that point. You know, I just threw in the towels and said, I'm done. I'm done. I resigned from the debating society. I'm stop. I'm not arguing anymore. Tell me what to do. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Carol G., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Good morning. It's Carol G. Um, I'm a gratefully free compulsive overeater. Um, what a fantastic meeting. Um, what I used to be like, I can tell you about my jaywalking, about the craziness with my food, but for me it's not about food, it's about my internal condition. Everyone's captured that so beautifully this morning. Um, what it really used to be like for me was I was trying to do battle with a twisted mind and my mind could not see straight. It was like looking down a corridor with a twist at the end. I can't see around corners. And what was always around the corner was more death, more truth. If I eat again, I'll just die in body, mind and spirit. And if and if I eat again, I will gain more weight or I'll lose more weight or I'll eat or I'll lose another friend or I'll lose another job or more health. 
But also the other truth was that when I'm abstinent, I'll die. This time I'll die of emotional pain and spiritual separation and mental torture. What a trap. But there is a way out and the beginning to show us this now and how it works. This exit door, it's like what matters to me is I can decide to have what you want. But if I get relief too quickly, I won't go the distance. It's almost like a marathon and a sprint at the same time. What happened to me and how I am now is I'm recovered and it's a place that really exists and I thought it was a fantasy. But I mean, this reality that I'm living in now, it actually can hurt. But because I decided earlier on in the big book text that God is everything, God is in everything, even the pain I'm going through right now, even the torture that I might fear, even the fear of fear. God's there because God is deep down within me and God's deep down within me 24-7 and food will go in its place when the, when the directions are followed because I always felt threatened by the words go to any lengths because I'm a coward and I used to use blunt instruments like honesty to threaten myself and I'd cave in and balk again and say, you see, I can't do it. And so I would not like to be asked to go to any lengths, but it's not a threat. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to a brand new world that exists without compulsive overeating and without compulsive undereating. It's a wonderful place to be. It's a real life and it's, it's there for all of us. And thank you so much for being here for me and for everybody else on the line. Thank you, Anna Pass. Thank you, Carol G. Melissa C., you're up. Hi, good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered, <clears throat> compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what, what really strikes me this morning is how um, there is nothing um, moderate, you know, about me. And um, and that was like a, a big eye-opener for me, like in step one, admitting that I was truly powerless to this thing and that the idea of moderation in my eating um, and moderation in the way that I've lived um, was a lie. I could not moderate my disease and I cannot moderate my recovery. Like I can't do the same way that I couldn't live on a, um, on a Weight Watchers plan, you know, something that just gave me healthy portions and I could have um, a piece of cake here and there. You know, my recovery, I can't I can't do a Weight Watchers plan of recovery. I can't have a healthy portion every now and then of anger. You know, can't have a healthy portion now again of uh, resentment, of fear, um, all of it. It's like I cannot live in that in-between state. And so um, I know that about myself. You know, like I have come face-to-face with myself, and the same way that I chased the food and pushed aside anybody that got in the way of it, um, I have to chase my recovery. You know, I've got to, like, every day, all in. And, you know, that was easier when I was in extreme pain. Um, You know, when you first crawl in, when I first crawled in, time and time again, you know, but the last time I was so desperate. I was like, okay, I won't tell you what to do. I won't tell you how to how to tell me what to do. I'll just do what you say. Um, I have to I have to live that same level of commitment today. And you know, I'm laughing because yesterday I had the meeting where I'm in the car. My kids were in the car, and they were like, oh, "This is mom's cold." 
And um, I didn't argue with them. You know what? You're right. I, I said, guys, it is my cult. I needed my brain washed because my brain was dirty. And thank you, God, I can get it washed again every morning, you know, with you guys. And uh, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, we have time for one more share. Amy G. Like to, Amy G. Okay, go for it. Okay, phew. I was hoping I could get in under the wire. Hi, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thanks so much, Katie. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome, awesome meeting. I love this chapter, and this whole idea of boxing has a special meaning for me, always has, as I understand its origins from the Old West, when you're riding horses or have a pack mule or a donkey or a jackass, and they stop dead in their tracks and refuse to move forward because they are afraid or they can't see something, and they have to be conjoled, and sometimes it's very difficult to get them going. And for me, as a rider, I can certainly understand that. As I'm galloping across the field trying to go over a jump and my horse stops dead in his tracks, Trust me, bad things happen. That's not the easier, softer way when you land. And the reality is, if you understand a horse and the size of a horse, the reality is that it's easier for the horse to keep moving, actually, than it is to actually stop and balk. It is a lot easier for them to keep moving. It's their stubbornness and their fear of what they can't see on the other side that makes them stop. And it's only the little midget on its back that says, trust me, I got this, we can do this that gets them to go over what it is they need to go over, even if they can't see it. And that's so relatable to me as program. I visualize myself as a jackass stopping in my tracks as a pack mill going, brain, going, ah, I can't go forward, I can't go forward. How many times did I sit on the line with my sponsor going, I don't know if I can do this. This is so scary. I don't know. I don't understand. Please help me. And yet, if I trusted, and I did, trust in those with whom the problem had been solved, with the fear of relapse napping at my heels, I said, okay. You know, I blocked what I said, okay, and I kept moving by the grace of God in this program because I had made a decision. That's the beginning of the paragraph. I had made a decision that I was going to be willing to go to any length, and I was going to trust you all to stay in forward motion and not stop. It doesn't mean I wouldn't express how I was feeling, but it meant I was still going to do it. I was still going to be accountable. I was still going to be humble. I was going to try to put my thinking aside because I knew my mental obsession would always screw me, and I would stop being a jackass and follow the instructions in whom thousands had found recovery. And I wanted that. I wanted that more than anything. And so I was willing to keep moving forward. And that's what we have to do. We have to keep moving forward. At least that's what I do with that pack. Thanks for letting me share. Okay, thank you so much, Amy G. Okay, we have about 30 seconds, so I'd like to just jump in here. I'm Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, I balked at these um, ideas. That's what kept me from recovering for six years in these rooms. Um, Seven years before that, where I came to a meeting and then never came back. because I thought that these ideas would not work for me. I thought I was terminally unique and that um, this couldn't possibly work, and therefore I wouldn't do it. It wasn't until I was so badly mangled and wanted to kill myself that I was willing to do what I was told to do. And with that, I'll pass. Okay. So thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today is June 21st, no, 22nd. Today's, is today June 22nd? Yeah. 
is um oh no today's june 21st i'm i don't know i'm confused okay is 10072 um we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer will deborah r please read a vision for you our book is meant to be suggestive only Yes, good afternoon. This is Deborah R. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to us, to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.